Take your Bible and let's turn to Judges chapter number 2. Judges chapter number 2, and you might want to go ahead and turn to Deuteronomy chapter number 6. We're going to be in these two places. You don't want to lose either one of those places because we'll be referring frequently uh, to them. Uh, Judges chapter number 2 and Deuteronomy chapter number 6. We said last week that whenever a disaster happens, in the aftermath of that disaster, whatever it is, we often see a variety of investigators swing into action to try and figure out what happened. They do that to, uh, so that whatever's happened, that they might avoid that in the future. And we began to look at a tragedy that happened to the nation of Israel after settling in the Promised Land. Remember, Joshua's off the scene. Joshua has died. And now the elders that served with him have died. And the nation of Israel is in deep trouble, according to verse number 10. Judges chapter 2, verse 10, And also all that generation were gathered to their fathers, and there rose another generation after them which knew not the Lord, nor yet the works which he had done for Israel. How sad. Right? These are the people of God. And they, they didn't know the Lord. Um, what we see here begs for an examination to answer the question, what happened? Who or what failed in this situation to cause this great tragedy that we see here? Well, if you remember in the first part of this, we looked at the fact that the Lord God did not fail. The Lord never fails. Amen? Uh, he did exactly what He told them He would do. Um, and we, we know his promises never fail. He had promised to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, made the promises to them, and he fulfilled those through his people. God kept his covenant with them, all of them, just as he promised. And the Lord's purpose never fails. And then we began to see last week also the Lord God's people did fail. We just looked at the grandparents to begin with. We talked about how their grandparents would have been the ones that, uh, that uh, fell and, and died in the wilderness. Okay? They refused to go into the land. And God said, well, you know, your, your, uh, your judgment is going to be that you're going you're gonna to die. You're not going to get to go into the land. And so these ones that failed to go into the land, they had the opportunity to teach their children and their grandchildren things about obeying the Lord and say, you know, God means business. Whenever he tells us to commands us to do something, but I think they failed. The grandparents failed, and now we pick up where we left off, and we see a second way that the Lord God's people failed, and as this, not only did the grandparents fail, but the, the parents failed. Look at Judges chapter number two, and look at verse number two and three, and this is what the Lord had told them. Well, let's back up to verse number one and go ahead and read verse one, two, and three here. And an angel of the Lord came up from Gilgal to Bochim and uh, said, I made you to go up out of Egypt and have brought you unto the land which I swear unto your fathers. I said, I will never break my covenant with you. In other words, God did not fail. I mean, God did what he said he was going to do. And then verse number two, I, now he also told him, And you shall make no league with the inhabitants of this land. Ye shall throw down their altars. But... Ye have not obeyed my voice. Why have you done this? Wherefore I also said, 
I will not drive them out from before you. But they shall be as thorns in your sides, and their, their God shall be a snare unto you. So we see the parents failed. They failed, in their first of all, in their task. Uh, they didn't do what the Lord told them to do. They disobeyed the known will of God. Remember when we were in the book of Joshua, we saw this. Back in Joshua chapter number 9, verse 14, they, their first mistake was prayerlessness. They failed to take a matter to the Lord in prayer. God had told them not to make any league with the inhabitants of the land. And the Gibeonites came by and, and uh, convinced them that they were from afar. They weren't part of the land, part of the people in the land. And, and in Joshua 9, 14, declares that Israel, quote, Ask not counsel at the mouth of the Lord. All they had to do is ask the Lord, Lord, are, you know, are these folks from a far away? Is it okay for us to make a league with them? But they didn't ask. They, did, they, didn't, they didn't pray. First mistake was prayerlessness. Their second mistake was unholy alliances. In Joshua 9 verse 15 it says, And Joshua made peace with them. Talking about the Gibeonites. Made a league with them to let them live. And the princes of the congregation swear unto them. Well, their third mistake was continuing in their sin. Um, then we see that there in verse, uh, verse 2 and 3 that we just read. Rather than drive these inhabitants out, they dwelt with them and made agreements with them. Uh, and it wasn't just the, the Gibeonites that they did that with. We saw back in Judges chapter 1 and verse number 21, it says, And the children of Benjamin did, did not drive out the Jebusites that inhabited Jerusalem. It didn't. And they did just fail to, to do what they, God had told them to do. Verse 27, Neither did Manasseh drive out the inhabitants of Bethshean and her towns. Skip down to verse number 28. It came to pass when Israel was strong that they put the Canaanites to tribute and did not utterly drive them out. God didn't say put them to tribute. God said drive them out. <laughs> and, and so they, they failed over and over again, we talked about how Ephraim and Zebulun and Asher are all mentioned here, and Naphtali. They, 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 none of them drove the uh, inhabitants of the land out. They put them to tribute. And so they continued in their sin. And the Lord's response is, why have ye done this? Why have you done this? There are all kinds of things that the word of the Lord tells us today. Amen? We have things that the Lord wants us to obey. I'll just mention one. Romans 12, 2 tells us, Be not conformed to this world. Yet we see so many believers today that instead of conforming their lives to Christ, they conform to the world. And I'm sure the Lord wants to know, Why have you done this? <laughs> in our day as well. So they failed in their task. Um, not only that, they failed in their teaching. In their teaching. Um, look at verse number 10 there of Judges chapter number 2. And also that generation were gathered into their fathers, and there arose another generation after them which knew not the Lord, nor yet the works which he had done for Israel. They didn't know the Lord. They weren't taught about the Lord. They didn't know what God had done for Israel. Think about that. They failed in their teaching. Now now's when we need to be in, in Deuteronomy chapter number 6. Listen, when we fail in our task, there's a greater possibility that we're going to fail in our teaching. And 
when what, what parents say doesn't line up with what they do, that's an inconsistency that children will pick up on. They just will. An attitude of don't do as I do, do as I say. It don't fly. You know, they're going to, they're going to do what you do. Parents, what parents do speaks so loud that what they say can't be heard. Now, we see in, in Deuteronomy chapter number 6, we see in verses 1 through 3 that these parents were commanded by God to teach their children. Look at verse number 1, Deuteronomy 6 verse 1. Now, these are the commandments, the statutes, and the judgments which the Lord your God commanded to teach you that ye might do them in the land whether you go to possess it that thou mightest fear the Lord thy God to keep all his statutes and his commandments, which I command thee, thou and thy son and thy son's son, all the days of thy life, and that thy days may be prolonged. Hear therefore, O Israel, and observe to do it, that it may be well with thee, and that thou mayest increase mightily, as the Lord God of thy fathers hath promised thee in the land that floweth with milk and honey. And so they were commanded to teach their children. In fact, uh, verses 4 through 9 uh, are, is some of the most important verses to the Jews. They're known to the Jews as the Shema. Look at verses 4 through 9. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God is one Lord, and thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thine heart and with all thy soul and with all thy might. And these words which I command thee this day shall be in thine heart, and thou shalt teach them diligently unto thy children. What part of that didn't they understand? And shalt talk of them when thou sittest in thine house, and when thou walkest by the way, and when thou liest down, and when thou risest up. And thou shalt bind them for a sign upon thine hand, and they shall be as frontlets between thine eyes. And thou shalt write uh, them upon the, the, the posts of thy house and on thy gates. Think about this. Yeah. It was the most important of all the Old Testament. That's what Jesus said. And when Jesus was asked by, by a fellow in the, uh, in the New Testament, um, in Mark chapter number 12, verse 28 through 30, um, there was a um, uh, scribe that asked, what's, what's the greatest commandment? And this was what the Lord uh, pointed to was, you love the Lord your God with, with all your heart, soul, and mind, and then you love your neighbor as yourself as a second. But the greatest commandment is to love the Lord your God. And this was the most important of all the Old Testament. Every Jewish child had to memorize that. The Lord God warned them what would happen. Look, look at what the Lord said would happen if they didn't do this. Verse 10, And it shall be, when the Lord thy God shall have brought thee into the land which he sware unto thy fathers, to Abraham, to Isaac, and to Jacob, to give thee great and goodly cities which thou buildest not, and houses full of all good things which thou fillest not, and wells digged which thou diggest not, and vineyards and olive trees which thou plantest not, when thou shalt have eaten and be full, then beware, lest thou forget the Lord which brought thee forth out of the land of Egypt, from the house of bondage. You know, I, th I think, I think those Israelite parents they got, they got used to the plenty in the land, and they didn't follow through, follow through on what they, 
uh, were what their task was, their teaching. Um, and they were to love the Lord their God with all their being. They were to, to have no other gods. They were not to tempt the Lord their, their God. They were to, to, to keep all the commandments of the Lord. All of these things are involved in this. Let's take a look at, uh, think of verse 14 and 15 here. Deuteronomy 6, verse 14 and 15. So you shall not have, go after other gods uh, of the gods of the people which are, are, are round about you. For the Lord your God is a jealous God among you, lest the anger of the Lord thy God be kindled against thee and destroy thee from off the face of the earth. Um, then they weren't to tempt the Lord. Verse 6, Sting is there. It says, You shall not tempt the Lord your God as you tempted him in Massah. Um, they were to keep all the commandments of the Lord. Verse 17, You shall diligently keep the commandments of the Lord your God and his testimonies and his statutes which he hath commanded thee. And then verse 18 and 19, They were to do right and good in the sight of the Lord. The verse uh, 18 and 19 here. It says, And thou shalt do that which is right and good in the sight of the Lord, that it may be well with thee, and that thou mayest go in and possess the land, good land which the Lord swear unto thy fathers, to cast out all thine enemies from before thee, as the Lord hath spoken. So, you know, somehow they failed in their teaching. Somehow they failed. Uh, I think they failed not only with their lips, but they failed with their lives. Okay? They didn't live it, and they weren't speaking it. And so they failed in their tasks. They failed in their teaching. They failed also in their testimony. Look at verse uh, 20 here. Look at verse 20. And when thy son shall ask thee in time to come, saying, What mean the testimonies, the, ta the statutes, and the judgments which the Lord our God hath commanded you? And thou shalt say unto thy son, We were... Pharaoh's bondman in Egypt, and the Lord brought us out of Egypt uh, with a mighty hand. Uh, and the Lord showed signs and wonders, great and sore, upon Egypt, upon Pharaoh, and upon all his household before our eyes. And he brought us up from thence. And he brought us in to, to give us the land which he swore unto our fathers. And the Lord commanded us to do all these statutes, to fear the Lord our God for our good always that he might preserve us alive as it is at this day. And it says there in verse 25, and it shall be our righteousness if we observe to do all these commandments before the Lord our God as he hath commanded us. So uh, they failed in their tasks, their teaching, their testimony. You know, failure in teaching is related to a failure in testimony. A testimony lives as long as it's told. Stop telling it. It just kind of fades off the scene, doesn't it? It just really does. Um, parents must tell their kids what God has done for them. Tell them and show them. Uh, believing parents must continue to tell the testimony of Christ today. I mean, we, we need to talk about the fundamentals of the faith to them. They need to know. They need to know the eternal preexistence of Christ. You know, Christ didn't begin in Bethlehem. He's, he's been eternal God from, <laughs> from the past. They need to know about the deity of Christ. He is God. He's God in the flesh. At the virgin birth of Christ, why was it necessary to keep the sin of Adam from being passed on to Christ? Amen? The sinless perfection of Christ. He never sinned not one time. They need to know that. I saw, again, just this week, a survey that was done 
can't even think of the outfit that, that did it right now, but uh, Probe. I saw it on Facebook, and uh, I'm on their list, and I intended on printing that out before I came to the pulpit, and it slipped my mind. But uh, the 50, um, the, the, the percentage of people who claim to be Christian that think that Jesus Christ was not sinless is, is astounding. And it's growing. Uh, the younger generation is getting farther and farther away from the Lord. What I'm saying is, what happened in the book of Judges, chapter number 2, is happening in our land. <laughs> you know, And it was because of failure. A failure on the part of uh, grandparents and parents. And we'll see some, some other uh, fault in here in just a minute. But uh, when we talk about the, the sinless perfection of Christ, it's a reality. Christ never sinned. He, he died for us. He didn't die for any, any sins of His own. He died for our sins. The bodily resurrection of Christ. Christ came up out of the grave. It wasn't just a spiritual resurrection. We talk about the second coming of Christ. Christ is coming again. <laughs> he is. It's a literal coming. Uh, it's, not, uh, it's not to be... Uh, uh, Taking it in uh, allegory, allegory away, okay, it's not not to be at all. It is a real thing that is, that is happening. Parents must continue to tell their personal testimony as well. How we realize we were lost in sin. You remember when you got saved, man? You ought, ought to, you ought to keep it fresh in your in your heart and mind. Uh, think back to the time when when the Lord convicted you. When you were lost in your sin, how you realized your hopeless position, how you realized that Christ died for you personally, and how you repented of your sin and trusted Christ as your personal Lord and Savior, how Christ has changed your life since then. Testimony is important. Parents must tell their testimony, but parents must also live their testimony. Um, back in Judges chapter number 2, uh, verse number 4 and 5, it says here in Judges 2, verse 4 and 5, And it came to pass when the angel of the Lord spake these words unto all the children of Israel that the people lifted up their voice and wept. And they called the name of that place Bochim, and they sacrificed there unto the Lord. Uh, I think they realized, you know, we messed up. <laughs> they messed up. We, we need to show our children how Christ has made a difference in our lives. We must show them real that Christianity is real. These parents here, they didn't. They didn't have much of a testimony. Again, we what we are speaks so loudly that our children and others can't hear what we say. It's important that we be what we need to be, as well as speak what we need to speak. So the grandparents failed. The parents failed, and then we see the children failed. You know, the children had a responsibility too. They had a responsibility. You look at uh, Judges. To there, but look at verse number 11. It says, And the children of Israel did evil in the sight of the Lord and served Balaam. And they forsook the Lord God of their fathers, which brought them out of the land of Egypt and followed other gods of the, of the gods of the people that were round about them and bowed themselves unto them and provoked the Lord to anger. And they forsook the Lord and served Baal and Ashtaroth. <laughs> um, listen, the children failed in their obligations. God holds each of us personally responsible. Though our parents fail in their responsibility, um, 
children have a personal responsibility as well to seek the Lord. Amen. And they got a responsibility to seek the Lord, to receive the Lord themselves, to acknowledge the Lord, to obey the Lord, and to serve the Lord. But the, the, these children failed in their opportunities. Look at verse number uh, 14 through 17 here. It says, An anger of the Lord was hot against Israel, and he delivered them into the hands of the spoilers that spoiled them. He sold them to the hands of the enemies round about them, so that they could not any longer stand before their enemies. Whithersoever they went out, the hand of the Lord was against them for evil, as the Lord had said, and, and as the Lord had sworn unto them. And they were greatly distressed. Nevertheless, the Lord raised up judges, which delivered them out of the land of those that spoiled them, and yet they would not hearken. Do you get that? Yet they would not hearken to their judges, but they went a-whoring after other gods, bowed themselves unto them. They turned quickly out of the way which their fathers walked in, uh, obeying the commandments of the Lord, but they did not so. And so we see they, they've had an opportunity. God gave them an opportunity, give them a judge to try to help them get turned around. They, w- they wouldn't have any of it. They didn't learn from God's dealings in their lives. You know, we need to learn from God's working in our life. Uh, we, all, we all have chastening at times. Hebrews 12, verse 5 and 6 says, And ye have forgotten the exhortation which speaketh unto you as unto children, my son, despise not thou the chastening of the Lord, nor think when thou art rebuked of him, for whom the Lord loveth, he chasteneth, and scourgeth every son whom he receiveth. God still loved the Israelites, but he wasn't going to put up with their wickedness. Um, we see the children failed in their observance. Uh, they would not uh, hearken to the judges, and uh, they did more wickedly than, than, than their fathers. Uh, according to the scripture there. Notice verse 17. Well, we, we, we said there, verse number... Uh, yeah, let's read verse 17 through 19 here. And yet they would not hearken to their judges, but they went whoring after other gods and bowed themselves unto them. They turned quickly out of the way which their fathers walked in, obeying the commandments of the Lord, but they did not so. And when the Lord raised them up, judges, then the Lord was with the judge, and deliver them out of the hand of, of all their enemies all the days of the judge. For it repented the Lord because of their groanings by reasoning of them that oppressed them and vexed them. And it came to pass when the judge was dead that they returned and corrupted themselves more than their fathers and following other gods to serve them and to bow down the, unto them. They ceased not from their own doings nor from their stubborn way. So the children failed in their observance. Look at verse 20. And the anger of the Lord was hot against Israel. And he said, Because this people hath transgressed my covenant, which I commanded their fathers, and have not hearkened unto my voice, I will not drive out any from before them of all the nations that Joshua left when he died. So we see a cycle of sin here. Uh, they would sin, there would be suffering and servitude, then they would make supplication to the Lord, the Lord to bring salvation in the form of judge coming and helping them out. Then you'd have a little period of silence there and it'd all start over again. Sin, suffering and servitude, supplication, salvation, and again, silence. Uh, um, they wouldn't learn the lessons. And this is what we're going to see in the, in the book of Judges. So in closing here, what will become of this next generation in our day and time? 
depends partly upon what kind of legacy that grandparents are leaving to their grandchildren. You know, a legacy of obedience or disobedience, which will it be? A legacy of righteousness or unrighteousness, which will it be? A legacy of wisdom or worldliness? A legacy of faithfulness or unfaithfulness? I mean, we, we need to do our part, amen? Make sure that, that uh, we're doing what we need to do. What will become of this next generation partly depends upon those who are parents performing their duties by being good stewards of the manifold grace of God, by not failing in their tasks, but being obedient to God, and by not failing in their teaching. Uh, children must be taught what is right in the sight of God by not failing in their testimony. A legacy of right doctrine and right living must be passed on to the children. What will become of the next generation also depends partly upon what children do about their responsibilities before God. Their obligations to seek the Lord, receive the Lord, acknowledge the Lord, obey the Lord, and serve the Lord. Finding God's will for their lives and performing it. Not failing in the opportunities that God puts before them. Learning from the mistakes of the past and not repeating them. Not failing in their observance. Obeying what they know to be right. It is what God requires. So what kind of, of, of a stewards are we going to be with what we have been given? Our children and grandchildren are part of our stewardship. Yes. Parents are a part of a child's stewardship. And 1 Corinthians 4, 1 and 2 say, let, let a man so account of us as the ministers of Christ and stewards of the mysteries of God Moreover, it is required in stewards that a man be found faithful. We need to be faithful, don't we? In First Peter 4.10, As every man hath received the gift, even so minister the same one to another as good stewards of the manifold grace of God. Well, what happens when a generation is lost for God? We're going to come back next week, Lord willing. We're going to begin answering that question. What happens when a generation is lost for God? Amen. Well, that's our Bible study for this evening. Let's pull back out our prayer list. We'll pray for the needs and we'll be dismissed with this prayer. Appreciate you being here tonight.